Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. This is the podcast, Confessions of Reformer. I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro. Uh, listen, this week, nope, this last like month has been kind of crazy. I went to Indianapolis. I went to Tokyo. Just got back like five days before, three days ago. I don't know. Been here for a little bit. Uh, we have the entrepreneurship event this weekend. So at the recording of this, that's all happening. Uh, it's been, and then we have the familiarities event, the retreat right after that, that following weekend. It's been an adventure, to say the least. Um, I was talking to a, um, the person in charge of all of the coaching stuff this morning, Annabelle, and she was just describing like what the schedule has been for her, and we're both like, "Yeah, this is crazy." I was like, Annabelle, it's funny. We're both like actually 70 years old. Because <laughs> it feels like we're just blazing through life. There is no like breathing room. It's great. I mean, yeah, it's not as extreme as it sounds. It's just, it's just you know, consistent. Anyway, it's been an adventure. Um, today's episode is going to be on Japan. I actually told my podcast team we have to disrupt our order of things because I just need to record this because it's fresh and it's important and it happened and I want you guys to know about this. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about... And I also have a podcast episode that's re- I got re- that I recorded from my mentor who lives in Tokyo. Just I interviewed him um, specifically on discipleship, the history. Okay, this sounds boring. I promise you it's not boring, so don't just tune out when I say this. Discipleship, the history of the church and the container slash the church model. He's got some very strong, educated opinions on this whole thing. Uh, so intriguing. I've he, Ever since he talked to me about that like four years ago, I've been haunted ever since. Like it's just can't shake it so I'm excited to get to share that with you guys and he also just like shares about intimacy with the Lord and it's beautiful and plus he's an amazing man so I'm really excited to introduce you guys to him so that'll be fun so stay tuned for that um it'll let's see what's the title of the episode gonna be called it's probably gonna be called Dave I don't know that's probably (laughs) Dave discipleship and the container of the church I don't know something like that we'll see don't hold me to that anyway um I posted a lot of pictures and videos of my niece this week, and I can't stop. Uh, Every once in a while I get to see her, and it's been so much fun to watch her continue to develop as a human. She gets to more uniquely and expressively reject me now, so that's super fun. Uh, On this episode today, we are going to talk about um, ministry, we're going to talk about uh, compassion, and we're going to talk about Japanese people. <laughs> It'll probably be pretty personal because I feel very connected to this whole thing. We'll probably also talk a little bit about the church there as well. We'll see. Um, some things coming up, you guys, I want you to know about. Uh, the Familiarius Retreat is coming up in a couple weeks. Um, so excited to spend time with the an intimate group of people. We're going to be engaging with that. Um, those of you in Reading, in our local world, we're going to do this event called Holiday Hacks. It's a one-night event. I'm basically going to be teaching on going into the holiday season, specifically being with family over Christmas, right? 
and New Year's. And how do we want to go into that scenario, into those environments intentionally with the Lord? How do we prepare our hearts? How do we posture ourselves to follow the like love and the compassion that comes from the heart of Jesus rather than the trauma, the anger, the resentment, the you know, structures that we've built for years as a family of unique dysfunction. Like, how do we not just fall into that again, right? So I think that event's going to be super practical and really fun. We are recording it. So those of you who aren't locally in Redding, you'll be able to get access to that after the fact. So stay tuned for that. It's called Holiday Hacks. Um, Anyway, stuff just to be aware of as we're going into this. Um, All right. So listen, I've been going to Japan for the last probably four-ish, maybe five years now. I lived there 11 years ago for five months. Um, my dad is Japanese, as you guys know, so I'm half Japanese. Um, I was in Hokkaido, standing at, at the edge of this cliff, overlooking the ocean, having this significant moment with the Lord. And as I was like in that place, just pensive and considerate, I felt this deep awareness, like, oh, I'm coming back to this country. Like, I felt bound. Okay, I'm gonna say this, and I mean it, and it's weird, and I don't usually say this, say this kind of stuff, but I felt bound to the land, which sounds strange, but it was like. Well, that's true. I feel like, I don't mean bound in a negative way, but it felt significant and true. Like, I am connected to this place. And so I knew I was coming back. And then sure enough, I remember when I got hired on staff at Bethel, the person who was head over short-term missions was like, hey, I'd love for you to lead a trip. Would love to have you as one of our mission trip leaders. Would you please consider? I was like, I'd love to do it. And she's like, great, I want you to lead this trip. I was like, cool, it wasn't Japan. And I was like, for the record, I'd love to lead the Japan trip if it ever, ever, what? if ever at any point that becomes available. And she's like, great, someone else is leading it, but if at any point that opens up, I'll let you know. I was like, great. Four years later, she's like, hey, Mike, you want to lead the Japan trip? I was like, yes, I do. So I've been leading it for the last several years. Um, And then also going outside of that, just on my own, because the YWAM base there invites me to come and teach at the schools that they're doing, the Sabbathship School, um, the Sabbathship Training School, or the School of Worship and Transformation. Anyway, it's a lot of details. So I've been going back a few times a year, and I've been intentionally partnering with ministries and churches in the area, specifically in Tokyo, um, ministering to the Japanese people. And obviously, specifically teaching on discerning of spirits and following the Lord and spiritual intelligence and that kind of stuff. And they're so hungry. I I don't think that's unique to Japan. Lots of places I go, people are hungry for the truth. Hungry specifically for being taught in the dynamics of the spirit world, right? And discernment. Um, I think a lot of them are like, I've never heard this before. Like, Say more. What else do you know? And it's really interesting to watch them respond because they have some, you know, assumed beliefs (laughs) and cultural practices that are not common in America that are very spiritually oriented. And so there's some superstition and then beliefs in, you know, demons in the spirit realm that are like uniquely expressed that I don't see in America. So it's a really funny, interesting thing to navigate. But I've always been very impacted by and impressed with the hunger, the pull, the desire for knowledge that I encounter with Japanese people. It's so potent. It's consequential. Every time I come back from Japan, I'm like, is this true for other countries? I think it's true in general, but I know specifically for Japan. It might be because I go there more often, but every time I fly back, at least on the the plane ride back, I cry. I just feel so, I just reflect on the week or what I was doing, and I just get so overcome with emotion, feeling this pull and this like, compelling desire to want to to help to contribute to give what i have for people to live better lives you know um and so this last trip specifically it was a different experience than that in that it was more intense i was crying halfway through the trip i was having dinner with this pastor one night and he was telling me about ministry he was doing in india with the untouchables which by the way just a little side note here 
the caste system in India, right? You've got like the upper, middle, lower, whatever. And I don't know how many degrees of that there are. There's a, a class below the lower, the bottom people called the untouchables. This class of society are considered inhuman. Like they're not human beings and the law doesn't protect them. And so they don't have access to healthcare or, yeah, it's crazy. And so anyway, he specifically goes back to India and works with people in this place and does healing services and you know people that have diseases and can't get healthcare like he's they're getting healed and so they all convert and like believe in Jesus because they see power and they need it and so he has a lot of people coming to Jesus in that space and he's discipling people in that area and teaching them to disciple and planting a lot of churches and the growth is crazy um so he was just telling me all this through a translator at night let's go translate for me um and I don't know, the compassion and the humility on this man was just really disarming and I wasn't expecting it, but I was just listening to him and just what he was sharing was so sincere and genuine and his motivator was he genuinely wants to help and I was so like impacted by that. And as he kept talking, he was also talking to me and talked about the nature of the Japanese people and how sensitive they are and how uniquely, you know, my voice and contribution to this is important and he also just had this father thing going on, like this anointing to just cover and adopt almost, I guess. And so with all that kind of swirling around in this conversation, I literally, I sat at the chair at the table at one point and just started crying. And I wasn't sure why at the moment. I didn't know why. I was just overcome. I just felt very exposed to compassion and even like the heart of the Lord for the, the lost and the people who are like destitute and don't have help and that kind of thing. So I just started crying. And it was weird because like I'm not a stranger to tears, but this wasn't a normal cry. I felt like a little boy and I hadn't cried like that in a while. I don't mean I cried really hard. I, I had a good cry, but I also just was crying as a child. It was just like, I felt very exposed and vulnerable and innocent and simple and it was weird. And so I, at one point it's awkward because it's obvious that I'm just like crying at this table. And so Atsuko stops and looks at me, my translator, and she's like, do you want to tell us what's happening? And I was like, I don't know. And that was the best I could give her in the moment. It's awkward because like five minutes later, I had like more of an idea. She physically got up and got tissue and handed it to me. And I was like, oh. Anyway, I went to a house church right after that. Um, the pastor we were with um, was hosting a house church. And a bunch of people from different areas of Tokyo came to hear me speak. A guy came from three hours away. I forget where he's from. But like that was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, and I taught on being spirit-led. Taught on like the soul cabinet. Oh, I'm not supposed to call it that. Um, I don't mean like a... A cupboard in your heart I'm talking about like the advisory council of what your soul is comprised of right and just taught on how these different aspects of us relate to each other and how they're meant to be servants and contributors and advisors not leaders um, super helpful uh, in that context they were asking questions like how do you do this what does this look like what if I live like this and I was using a lot of visuals and it was so interesting to watch their hunger and response some of them started, like a bunch of them at one point, pulled out their phones at the same time and started snapping shots of the visuals I was putting together to try and convey the concept. And I was like, what is happening right now? It was super intriguing. And um, there were some parts of this concept I hadn't taught before. It was really cool to see that it find expression and then see it connect and translate. Um, so I was really like enjoying that. And I remember going home, I made a video to my team back in Reading and just like kind of shared some of my process and what I was experiencing and what I was aware of. And even just like some of the times when certain people would ask questions, they're asking like normal, intelligent questions, but behind their eyes, I see this little, oh gosh, I don't want to talk about this. This child, this little Japanese kid back there who genuinely wants answers, wants truth, wants understanding, wants freedom. 
and for whatever reason they're not getting access to it and so you know i think they do the church thing and they're trying to figure out how to walk out christianity in this country but there's so much more depth and complexity to the lord i don't mean complication i mean he's so intricate and like intelligent and developed and so they want to know and explore um, even just to fix problems let alone like the intimacy and the beauty of what it looks like to walk with him in that place and so I see this little kid back there genuinely wanting to have understanding and genuinely wanting to know how does this work what am I right and I can just feel the the heart of the Lord who just wants to meet them there and give them what he has and like fill their their desire and so like I'm just trying to find language to get to them like this is how it works this is what it's like this is what you can do this is what he's saying ah you know I'm just trying to find the way to get it to them in a way that they can accept and receive it and there's success to whatever degree, but I'm like, man, there's so much more that they want and need that I'm like still having to learn. How do I allow that through my life, right? I'm not the answer, obviously. So this is not about me. I'm just like wanting to bear witness, I guess, to something that I am experiencing on a regular basis. And it's one thing to hear these stories and be like, oh, interesting. Or yeah, that's, I feel that. It's another thing, I think, to be in that moment feeling the pull in the spirit. Like, I don't know how to explain that in English. When you feel it, though, it comes with emotion. It comes with this compelling response from the father who just wants to swoop his kids up and take care of them. It's like, ah, it's crazy. And I felt that many times on this trip. It was profound. I was very, I felt honored to get to experience that, to sit in that seat. It it brought this like spur and drive to like what we're doing here with NUMA and just the things that we're putting together and the ways that we're trying to resource and like equip the world when I'm like, man, this is so important to do this. Like people are looking for answers in these places and I want to help them understand what they're comprised of and how they can successfully submit all of this to Jesus, you know? Um, so I mean, this, I'm not saying any of this with a heavy heart. There is this burden though. I can feel it. I don't mean that in a negative way. I think it's compelling and it's motivating for sure. But there's so much need in the world and so many different kinds of needs and so many unique solutions for everyone and so I guess I want to take a moment here in this episode and just have a, a confession. It's been a while. I've got a confession, you guys. Um, I don't feel guilty. It feels tempting to want to like interpret this sensation or experience as guilt. And it's not that. But I feel compelled to have to respond and want to contribute. Not because I'm the guy, but because I know I have something that's beneficial. Something that can contribute and be a solution, right? Um, it's hard to be aware of that and continue to just live my comfortable American life. I don't like traveling. It's a lot of work. It's time. It's energy. It's, it throws off your sleeping schedule. Your body has to go through weird things to you know, cross borders and the spiritual atmosphere is shifting. Like, all that stuff, man, is tumultuous. There's like turbulence to it. It comes with a price, right? I don't like doing it. However, it's a small price to pay for being able to export answers and solutions and like brokering freedom for people and again this is not about me because i mean we need more than just me we need more than just numa we need people stepping into what god called them to releasing the solutions they have and not just japan i'm talking about anywhere right and not just foreign countries even in our backyard and our neighbors like we have to export this stuff people need the truth like and i think there's a an evangelist coming out of me i don't typically come across as an evangelistic dude but i very much feel an evangelistic pull I'm not interested in making people's hands tingle or getting them to confess Jesus on the street. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not what I, that's not what moves me, though. I want people waking up to the beauty and the reality of who Jesus is and what he did and seeing their lives transformed, right? And seeing them learning how to also replicate what they've experienced with the Lord and teaching others to observe the same thing. 
I was having lunch with a Japanese girl um, in Tokyo one of the last days I was there. And one of her friends came to a church service and got saved a couple weeks before. And she was asking me, and this was so funny because it was like her version of what she was trying to say. But in English, she said, how do you teach or build a Christian? <laughs> I busted up laughing because I know what she meant. But like just the idea of her like in her garage tinkering away trying to build a Christian was just so funny to me. But I loved the hunger and the responsibility and her willingness to want to get into it and figure out how do I assist and support this person growing in their intimacy and walk with God. And she sees the need and the importance of it. I love that natural response. I'm like, oh, we need more of that all the time. Constantly, we got to disciple this world, you know? So that was super cool to experience and witness. And um, this was a fascinating thing. I shared this on my Instagram story. Um, but I was speaking at a, uh, a ministry one night. Um, I was in the back and during worship and then the worship leader was kind of like, you ready? Like with his eyes, I'm like, oh, do you want me to come? He's like, yeah, it's time for you to come. I was like, oh, okay. So I went up to the front, sat between his daughter and this other woman who was in the front row and uh, sat there for like probably about 30 seconds. Then I got up and spoke and I taught on, and I'm gonna pause at that point in the story. The next day that woman came up to me, she found me and saw me at the base at YWAM and she was like, hey, I just want to let you know, when you sat next to me, I felt something coming off of you like, I haven't lived a perfect life, but when you were sitting next to me, I felt like my existence was validated. Like, the mistakes that I'd made were over were overcome or, or, like, covered, and I wasn't a failure. Like, I was still loved and accepted and affirmed, and just my, who I am is approved of. And she's like, and I just felt that from you, and I didn't say a word to her, right? And then I got up and spoke, and I taught on... Or he spoke about how we are not a failure. The world doesn't have the power to put that on you. It's time for us to let go of the narrative or the accusations or labels that put us in the failure category, to stop living boring lives and to say yes to following the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do and liberate ourselves from the restriction and limitation of failure, right? And so she said when she was hearing me speak, she was like, her mind was being blown because she realized, you know, this, I guess uniquely with what I was saying, but in general, it's not just words. It's, this is spirit. She's like, this guy is not just telling us English. He is speaking from a spiritual place and it communicates outside of language. Right. And I love that. I love that she shared that with me. I love that she was aware of that. Like that awareness is, I want to applaud that man. We just, I would love it if people could in general be more aware of what they're experiencing, what's influencing them to catch those things. Man, so many things get missed or we make some er erroneous choices because of just a lack of awareness of what's actually going on underneath, right? So I loved seeing that competency in her and her recognition and being able to connect the dots. That was so cool. Um, so that was really exciting for me to see. Um, man, it was an emotional trip. I loved getting, connect getting to connect with Dave. He's um, a spiritual father of mine. He was my mentor back in 2008 when I went there for my discipleship training school. The main reason for me going on this trip was to teach at the DTS. There were, you know, there's a room full of students, missionary pe people who've come to YWAM to learn what it looks like to disciple and, you know, preach the gospel and all that. And so I taught a week there on the gift of discernment and discerning of spirits. And it was really interesting because the majority of the class, I asked, how many of you guys have been raised in the church? And there were 16 students total, right? 15 of them raised their hands. I was like, what? And it was interesting because most of them were intellectual and were approaching all of the content with their brains. Not that they shouldn't do that, and it's not wrong, but like they were having difficulty grabbing onto spiritual concepts because they were still restricted by certain like theology or like doctrine that was not opening up to what the Lord was doing 
in their lives, in the world, what he's saying in scripture, they were reduced to man's version of what they understood in the Bible. And so it was so interesting to like, clash against that. I, re- I welcomed the challenge. I was like, this is so interesting. I had to work for it a little bit, you know, to push against the resistance or... Um, Anyway, so it was really fun to watch them go from Monday to Friday, the attitude and like the adjustment and their willingness to like buy in. And I had many extra conversations outside of class time with different students about what was going on. And I loved seeing the hunger, the wrestling match. I wasn't mad at their opposition. I understood it. Like, and the, the crazy thing is, 11 years ago, I was the same kid in that seat. I was the person sitting there super intellectual, super heady, super doctrine heavy but not led by the Spirit. I was going off of knowledge and information and facts and figures and Bible verses that were void of the voice of the Lord, by and large, in a lot of ways. Um, And so I wrestled a lot with Dave. And so he was the guy, like, walking me through this stuff. So getting to be on that end of the experience was just kind of surreal. It's like this full circle thing. I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm standing here teaching these people. And I was them, like, 11 years ago, you know? Super cool. I feel really blessed to get to have that. Um, and it's so much fun to have gone through the, the program they're going through and get to speak to them where they're at. I'm like, hey, you guys, I understand what it's like. I get to say this to you because I did it. I was there. I remember, right? And from that place, like, go. Let him do what he's doing. Like, let God have your life. Let him show you what's true and let him define what's actually going on and let him call the shots. Like, and just their desire for a yes to him and their openness to possibility is just, it's humbling. I love it. Um, it was beautiful. I, I had a little chat with a bunch of them the last night I was going to be with them. Uh, and I just talked about business and entrepreneurship and prosperity and like, you know, removing the lid on them as far as provision is concerned with the Lord and just speaking about abundance in their life and that God has intended for them to live well taken care of and being having more than enough and all that. And so as missionaries, you're kind of like, oh, there's a clash here. And so I loved getting to have that conversation of like, you do not need to be broke. Lack is not spoken over you. That is not your portion. God has more than that for you. And so we got to have a lot of wrestling matches there, a lot of dialogue, a lot of arguments getting worked out. It was so, I loved getting to do that. And then I told them at the end, I prayed for them. And I was like, hey, I want to just, I want to hug all you guys before I leave. They're like, yeah, and they all jumped up and taking selfies and stuff. And I was hugging these people. And there was this one student, she was from Norway, and she stood up and she'd been quiet most of the week. Um, I had to read some verses off the slides and stuff, and she chimed in a couple times, but most of the time she was pretty quiet, and so I hugged her, and she, on her own, said to me, thank you for not putting me in a box. And I was like, huh, you're welcome. I was like, what does that mean? And it felt like there was all this depth to it. I was like, where is that coming from? And uh, I mean, it, as I continue to minister and teach and speak, especially to groups, I you know I hear these things every once in a while, of people responding to the freedom that comes from someone aligned with the Lord. And again, this is not about me. It is a consequence of what happens when you (laughs) hold to what Jesus teaches and live as if it's true, right? When you obey and walk with the Lord, freedom comes from that place. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then as a byproduct, as I've observed over the last several years, when you personally walk submitted to the truth, not people's opinions or judgments or expectations of you, but what Jesus says is real, and you submit to that only, and you don't compromise in that place. Freedom is your experience, but then also it actually gives permission to people around you to say yes to the same thing. It gives them an invitation to, to walk in a deeper, more meaningful obedience to the Holy Spirit and allow the freedom that comes from his nature to flood their own lives. And so when she said, thanks for not putting me in a, in a, in a box, I was like, that's a just that's her version, her, ex, um, 
her unique expression in response to that freedom thing. And I loved hearing that. I, several of them said different things like that. Like another student said, um, yeah, because of this week in this class, I've just discovered a lot of lives that I've believed my whole life. And I'm realizing that that stuff's not true. Thank you. Again, like it's another expression of freedom, right? And so it's just so fascinating to observe in these contexts. Jesus is a, not a, is the king, but he's a king walking among his people, brokering freedom in his government. He's not here to enslave or entrap or oppress anyone. This king is walking around handing out signet rings and crowns and scepters and fluffy coat, cape, cloak things to his kids. He's putting shoes on their feet. He's putting bread in their mouths. He is exporting his wealth and covering his people and empowering them. Freedom is his banner. It is his nature. It's his expression. It's in his wake. And everyone that says yes to him steps into freedom. When we bind ourselves, when we allow ourselves to come under the authority of Jesus, we no longer have to bow to any other power in the world. It's crazy and fascinating. So get to, to, so to get to see other people respond to that, maybe not even necessarily knowing the fabric and framework of his kingdom, to hear it come out of their mouths and see them submit to the infrastructure and the nature and the blueprint of his kingdom advancing is so beautiful and rewarding. And I, I guess at this point, I'm just like super humbled and grateful that I get to go other places and minister in this way. It's sobering and empowering and inspiring and so convicting and in a good way, in a beautiful way, just allows for the, the focus and the awareness to stay on the things that matter, you know, and not get distracted by whatever and not to say that our cares don't matter but man when we understand the need in the world and that you actually have something to give to it it's hard to just sit back and complain about how much your car payment is right or how late your friend was to the coffee date like that stuff stops being bothersome because you're contributing and you're living in purpose right i love that so i guess i also want to just throw a call out to you guys there's a big bad world out there not bad there's a big open expansive world full of people who have needs and they don't necessarily know where the answers are coming from because you carry them And so I just want to say yes to the solutions that you have, the solutions that you are. And I want to, uh, I guess, encourage you to consider how might you put effort toward finding ways for your solutions to get to the people that need them. Maybe it's you resourcing other people to do that. Maybe you're the one that needs to go. I don't know. And we need all of those people, right? But giving yourself toward the advancement and the contribution of the kingdom establishing in this world, like that is worth sacrificing for that's worth contributing into that's worth investing in um so i just want to like speak to that fire in your hearts like that thing matters it's real don't just put that aside don't just have an emotional moment with me right now and then move on with your life like do something with that allow that to convert into agreement into action into choice um by the way uh i've i want to this was also an unexpected thing that happened on this trip but i realized like there are a lot of other places in the world, but also in Japan that can't have me come out and speak because they can't afford it. Like financially, it's actually a challenge. And I'm like, shoot, that's actually, like if I'm being honest, that's a real struggle here. What if I could help alleviate some of that? What if we could actually, from our end, cover some of the costs and uh, afford to be able to go to other places that want what we have to give them and kind of just like front some of the costs for them, right? So I've never been this guy for weird prejudice, stigmatic reasons that I have to like get rid of and get over. Um, those of you listening to this who care about and believe in what we're doing here at NUMA and the whole like helping people in the discerning spirits realm especially 
if you care about this and want to help contribute and help us get this message, I don't mean the message of discerning spirits, I mean the message of the kingdom and specifically teaching people in this way to other places, we want to do that. If you have any heart to want to contribute and partner with us in that way, there's a donation link on my website. If you want to sew into what we're doing, we're going to send all those funds toward helping export this. Um, feel free to do that. It's mikemeyershare.com. Somewhere on that website, there's a donation option and you can just send money that way. Um, we obviously would love to receive that. I want to resource and be a, um, help us get to the places that people are looking for these answers and see the freedom continue to expand and their ability to connect with what God has already established. Um, all right, you guys, we've run out of time. So listen, if you love this podcast and you want to give us a five-star review, we are all about that. Please, we'd love to receive that. Um, don't do it if it's not true. But if it is true, we'd love to have that. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We want you to be able to continue to catch the episodes coming out from here. Um, seriously, listen to the one about Dave, my mentor. One of my mentors, uh, the guy in Tokyo, he is legit. And I can't wait for you guys to hear what he has to say. I'm really excited about that episode coming out. Um, thanks for listening, you guys. We'll catch you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.